There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, welcome to the Way Up North podcast. This is a podcast series where we're getting to know the presenters at Way Up North in Rome of 2017. My name is Jenny Hammer, and in the following conversation, I spoke with co-presenters Michael Antonia and Brian Morrow of Shark Pig. And to be honest, I have no idea how to prepare you for what happened. I know we were on opposite sides of the earth, on different sides of midnight, and that time flew by. And besides that, I only know that I had a sore throat for the rest of the day from laughing so much. And if you ever wonder who in the world actually has those huge porcelain animals in their home, you're about to find out. Can you guys see me? Oh, there we are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can you see us? Um, yeah. We have to take these off pretty soon, otherwise we're going to... I'm uh, going to have an epileptic seizure. seizure. Yeah, seizure thing. <laughs> we're just really into the holidays, you know? I know. I'm happy to hear that because it's fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really not into the holidays, to be quite honest. I think. I'm oh, there's the slow version, or there's the strobe version. Let's see. Wait. I want to see oh. the slow, the slow version. This is the strobe. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's crazy. A little more this soothing, right there. Bad. And then this <laughs> one's a little more, a little more that's, that's For that our listeners, let me just explain that you're each wearing like an awesome necklace of. Um, Christmas lights, colored Christmas lights in various flashing. flashing, yeah. <laughs> flashing. Do you guys always have something flashing going on, or is that just that's why I'm it's on brand for me? Flashing, <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> I'm just in solidarity. <laughs> you guys gave me like quite the view there, like the background that I'm looking at. <laughs> yeah, what are we looking at? Oh, uh, sorry. It's the only section of my house that doesn't look like I'm a hoarder. And so, unfortunately, that's the only view you're allowed to have. And that's it. You're taking me on a tour. It's just. Yeah, we're going to do a a house tour at the end. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're actually giving away. We're giving away a house tour. My house tour is a. Are you awesome? Yeah, it's a it's a prize that you can win. Because if you win it, then you feel like one, your house is bigger than mine, two, cleaner than mine, all your stuff is nicer than mine, and you just generally have your life more together than mine, better. probably. Because let's yeah. be honest, we all feel a little bit better if someone has like a messier house or a more like screwed up life. I mean, like not. It, there's like a sweet <laughs> saying. There's a yeah, Swedish dude, saying. Reality TV. That's why reality TV is there. <laughs> yeah. It's the point. You're right. There's a Swedish saying that says, "This is horrible. I can't believe I'm even saying this." It's like the only true joy in life, and that, then, and that, it is like finding that someone else has a like shit. That's horrible. I have to take that out. People will think horrible things. Anyways. How does it go? 
like, were you just were you like translating it? Do you know it more in Swedish? Yeah, I mean, I am I am Swedish, so it it, it just does not translate well. But it basically says, you know, if somebody else kind of has it shitty or screws up that's the actually only true joy for someone else is to watch someone else have like kind of <laughs> misery in some way will you just indulge us and can i hear how it sounds in swedish just so i understand the the sound of it yeah i, I have to like <clears throat> wait <laughs> i like my brain just freezed i'll i'll say it later when i when it comes okay. back to me but, but wait a minute, now, are you from there? Because your accent is, like, non-existent. Is, if you had to guess an accent in the U.S., where would you guess it from? I, I almost can't Kentucky? even hear it. I don't know. It's <laughs> sort of a, Kentucky? It's, yeah, Tennessee, maybe. <laughs> sort of a Nashville accent. <laughs> Tallah- Tallahatchie? I've never, I've heard Tallahassee, but never Kentucky. <laughs> no, um, I I'm am Swedish. I'm born here, but I, I grew up in, um, outside of Chicago. So we moved there when I was seven. And so I did like all my schooling there. <clears throat> so when I kind of put my English brain on, I, you know, I don't know. Everyone tells me I have an accent. So, so the other day somebody says, I can tell that you're like, that you're not from around here, which I thought was weird because my Swedish is pretty good. But um, anyways, but neither of you are from right now. You guys are both in LA. Yes. But neither of you are from there. Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. So wait. No, no. no from I, and there are, it's like, it's like New York. Very few people are from here. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Um, you're Brian from Wyoming. Mm-hmm. You're Brian from Wyoming. That's you. That's me. <laughs> That's how he so introduces my, himself in bars. So my business card says. <laughs> it actually says Brian of Wyoming. <laughs> of Cheyenne. Of the Cheyenne. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. Tell me about that. That just seems like a faraway place. For me, Wyoming is like. <laughs> it's pretty far from here, for sure. Kind of, you know. Just beautiful country, horses. Is that true? Um, it's a very beautiful place. It's um, a very uh, empty place. There's the least, it's the least populated state, but it's the eighth biggest U.S. state. So it's like 500 miles across, but there's twice as many antelope as people there. So. Antelope? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, antelope's like a, I don't, do you know what that is? Is is all, do people only from like, Miami know what that is? It's like a short, like a, like a deer. Yeah, a deer with like short antlers that kind of curve back. Yeah, and yeah, well, okay. there's about okay. a million antelopes that like, there, and half a million people. Oh, crazy! All right, kind of like the rat human thing in New York. <laughs> the what? <laughs> well, there's like there's like twice as many rats. There's that- a rat man. Oh, 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 I thought you were saying that. I, like that is, I thought like, you meant the rat-human combo, which I'm like, I don't know. It's nothing don't like that. And what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's kind of like the humanzy, the manpansy. Kind of... That came out wrong. Yeah. Well, we're out. This is off to a... We're off to a very informative start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I listeners, have a feeling we're not going to be getting like points of, like, listeners, my... are, listeners are already getting drunk. Yeah, if you're still listening at this point of the podcast, <laughs> we're very proud of you. Thank you. You must be a super fan. Yeah. No, <laughs> we're going to dispense with the that. formalities now and get into... <laughs> 
we're about to get really, really serious. And like, I'm going to make them cry in some way or other. So just stay tuned. Um, so you guys are like this dynamic duo. T tell me about your co collaboration. And let's actually do like a little intro so people know <laughs> who I'm even talking to here. Um, because I, I was confused. I didn't realize you guys were presenting together at Way Up North. But how did that come about? You guys actually worked we're together. presenting together? <laughs> um, <laughs> shuffles through notes. Just kidding. Um, yeah, what do you, Michael? So, you wanna? <laughs> don't all jump. Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> um, my name is Michael, and I'm a DJ. And um, I think that the the thing that's really like pushed my life forward has been music and. My introduction to being a DJ was through hip hop and hip hop was kind of like the first music that I really discovered by myself that was like wholly mine and wasn't in any part like my parents or it didn't have any reflection of my sister in it, who I have an older sister. And, um, and even like a large majority of my friends didn't really listen to hip hop. So it was kind of like my little secret, so to speak. And, um, and as such, like, I listened to it so crazy intently and, like, paid such deep attention to it for so many years that I have, like, weird, completely useless knowledge. That's what I'm going to talk about. Hopefully not completely <laughs> useless, actually. But... <laughs> or he's going to omit some of the completely <clears throat> useless knowledge. You know? But so so what we did was we sort of, uh, we we kind of found a device, so to speak, to uh, use some of that information, some of that knowledge to kind of and, and recontextualize it in a way that it's really fun and interesting and exciting to listen to, but that it still gets across the points that we're trying to hit. Okay, cool. If that makes sense. So you feel like hip hop was, is it, and when you say hip hop, you mean like, I said a hip, a hop, a hibbit. No. Do you have that shirt that says that? By the way, no, I do not. No. Uh, gift idea for those of you who are still. <laughs> um, He's already like... got the panties, though. So... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Skip that. I let's see him. No, but I mean, you felt like you were like you were the epitome of hip. I mean, like you were living, breathing it so much. That's why you're. I mean, I've heard you play at, in Stockholm, so I mean, like I know that you are amazing. Like. I was the crazy lady in the back, like, you know, the one who's like dancing a little too much. It's like mm, not that <laughs> not appropriate in the theater, but um, or flex. My name. the sluts. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I said. I said flex. <laughs> oh. um, no, we I don't. See no, I, I am definitely not in like an encyclopedia kind of like knowledge kind of guy, and I definitely didn't. I was not like. Um, it was very much my own thing like nobody really knew that i was like nerding out really hard on hip-hop when i was young really and so like it it wasn't something that i really shared with people until i was like in college and i realized that you could dj and i only did that because the people would pay me to do that and i could take that money and buy more records it wasn't really like I, the the only reason I even bring it up is only because of the context of having Brian sitting right next to me and that this presentation that's coming up. Um, 
myself and Brian and another couple of our friends here in town and and probably other friends uh, around the world that um, that share this sort of like weird, like deep history, historic knowledge of it that like are excited, like genuinely excited about what happened. And like that story doesn't get it's getting told more a little bit now, but it doesn't get told that much. There's so many people who are like, I don't even really know where it came from or how it started or, or like why they just know that like, you know, Kanye's a weirdo and Dr. Dre was like this guy who kind of started something, but they're really not really sure. Like, yeah. so, so that's kind of, it came out of that idea. And why, it's funny why that it's getting more like, uh, it really is since we, since we first wrote it and like started trying to work with this presentation format, which that as just an aside, that's kind of what it is. Like we, we have the sort of core creative practices and like, lessons that we learned from starting businesses and stuff that we want to explain mm -hmm. and the choosing the the vehicle of being like what if we were pulling the lessons out of examples from old school hip-hop history or like rap lyrics instead of like inspirational quotes or some bullshit like that and that was almost just a challenge for us but it's it is funny because now there's like um the, the Netflix show came out um, the way back and uh, Stretch and Papito came out. And, like there are like a few more things that are like right on the nose since we started doing it <laughs> that came out. But and what, what like, we're, we're trendsetting. We're deeply trendsetting. You're right trendsetters. Now. I can tell already. The necklace yeah. thing set it off. But what is that we're thing you mentioned on the, on the Netflix thing? On the Netflix. What was that you said that came out? Uh, Baz, Baz Luhrmann directed a, a miniseries that was like about the the earliest days of hip hop, okay. and then there's but a, it was there's kind a of a dramatization, so it was a little loose and fast, and, but it told the story. And Straight Out of Compton just came out, yeah, which the, is, is the it's not, it's NWA not that, or, yeah, the NWA, like how they got started, and I don't know, it's just fun. there's it's another not, one, there's another uh, straight up documentary. It's like a seven, six or seven part series on Netflix streaming now. For the listeners, don't anybody watch this because they're basically stealing our whole game here. But it's called The Evolution of Hip Hop. So there's a lot of stuff in there that's really fascinating. And, and even we were like really taken back of how much they had really unearthed that I had never heard of before. Which no matter how random you try and get with the thing and be like, wouldn't it be totally random if we were talking about hip hop history at these conferences or something like that? And then it's like, oh no, it's not random anymore. It's like I've shown up before with the, the yeah. old, the old, the old presentation that I had that was like all like, I'm like, you know how crazy it is? Like how small the earth is compared to the rest of the universe and bullshit like that. And then people come out with a reboot of cosmos <laughs> it ruins my whole thing. I thought I was like, I was like tending to be so smart, and then they re reboot a show about exactly that from the seventies. Yeah, right. And it's on Fox, of all things. I mean, that's crazy. Do you ever think you that they have like a direct not, line into like, your brain system? There, they've hacked you somehow. Maybe I'm mentoring candidate. You mean like I'm being controlled by the government? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there but brian you're what's your relationship to hip-hop because your background is not in music or is it uh no not really no no um i just uh a, a sort of dip, like uh, the opposite of what michael said my big sister was a really big rap fan when we were growing up and i um so i just sort of like absorbed it through osmosis in that way but i was i guess i was a band geek 
Like I played trumpet uh, for a long time. I was in the marching band and stuff like that. I, t- I played piano and crap like that. But I kn- and I, when I say crap, I don't mean those instruments are crap. I mean I was crap at it. Okay. And um, John but- Souza. John Sousa, yeah, yeah. yeah. John Sousa will crush sure. you on the trumpet. That's <laughs> that tough. Yeah. That's Eventually, awesome. you know. It really kills your lip. Anyway, we. I think part of it that we both agreed on what makes it fun to have a presentation that's like about, you know, creativity principles are like, creative entrepreneurship and stuff like that and then be using hip-hop examples was that when we were kids it was sort of generally regarded as being like this bad music like music you weren't Not supposed to generally, listen to generally like universally oh yeah i mean straight up people were actually like at congress like stomping on cd or tapes nwa tapes and people are you know rap rap but, stars would get arrested and stuff and, and and they were saying stuff that had never really been said before i mean you don't think of Two Life Crew as really being a group that had a, a historical significance, but they were the first group to ever be censored, officially censored by U.S. Congress, which is like, they, you know, they threatened the First Amendment. So, I mean, that's wow. pretty legit. You got to you gotta get it. You got to. But then on a micro level as well, like it, it wasn't, you know, and I'm talking about the 80s at this point, it wasn't. Um, you know, the multi-billion dollar worldwide phenomenon that it is now. It was super underground. And for, like, white kids growing up in suburbia, like, it was, like, almost inaccessible. It was, like, a really just kind of kind of follows the same lineage as blues did in, in the United States, where it was a very specific uh, urban setting that allowed for this kind of experience to happen. And everyone else kind of frowned on it. And to me, that was like all I needed to know. I was in. I was hooked immediately. Oh yeah! But it was like heard, if my you... parents would get pissed and rip the tape up, in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if yeah. it was like you, if you got to hear. Like I, re- I mean, I remember like listening in the, the this in some kid's basement, just like listening front to back to an easy record, and it's just like <clears throat> that's I mean, awesome. Like a, <clears throat> like a drug. It was like he can say that. It's so funny, so lewd, so violent, so like I don't know from a different. You, you so know, I mean, this wrong. basement isn't Cheyenne, Wyoming. Like we're listening to Easy E talk about just things that I'd never even heard about or thought about. It was so fun, and it was kind of like <clears throat> not allowed, you know. Yeah. So anyway, that's probably what makes it fun for us to dig into the history and go like, oh, like actually be reading about the behind the scenes stories of how these artists came up with the tracks or how they um sort of innovated within that industry but it's not really (laughs) i just want to say like it's not really about that we're like it's really important that we get to rome and explain to people in the wedding uh photography industry the roots of hip-hop that's not really the point of it that's the that's the the vehicle for just being like hey this will make it so that the 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 information we're really trying to get across is entertaining it's like a vehicle it's just a format for it i think the background is it it is relevant though in the sense that like i mean what we're essentially saying to people all of us anyone who gets up on that stage and starts talking to the audience or anyone who gets on any stage any teacher any 
person presenting anything really is if you're doing it right is be yourself and speak from your heart and do what you love to do. And so, you know, when we started getting into these kind of like speaking engagements and um, teaching, which is not something that either of us are trained in, though we really enjoy it, the, the trick was like, how could we make this about something that we're really actually legitimately interested in? Cause neither one of us are wedding photographers. We're not, you know, so we're talking to a group of wedding photographers. We're not going to try to pretend that we're deeply interested in that. Right. That's fine. Like, it's great. It's pretty interesting work that people do, but that's not my thing. So I want to talk about the thing that I like and how can I, how can I, um, manipulate that into a stream that goes into the brain of everyone. Right. Right. That's the idea. And do you think that, I mean, we're all like adults here. <laughs> We're going to be. Is it Must weird? Be? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For our listeners at home, I'm yeah. just cheersing you on the screen right honest. now. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We're in two crazy different time zones. And I'm just going to yeah. finish you, up my morning. You know, you actually kind of misled us. You said you were going to be day drinking with us. So. I will. I will. Right. Day, I will. You think there's coffee right, right. in here? <laughs> seven she, yeah, so for the listeners at home she's pointing to her coffee cup pretending <laughs> that she is drinking i'm just kidding All i right. need to get a coffee in me before i crack crack a beer open but um fair. Do you ever fair. Just, i feel like last night i was up way too late um do you ever get like find yourself that you this is a total tangent but like, say you see one documentary on, like, um, Catholic priests who are pedophiles, and then you're like, oh, I have to watch, like, three more. Because they're, like, the suggested ones. You're, like, in it, living, breathing it. And then... Jenny, Jenny, what kind of, like, what thread are you on that's suggesting <laughs> um, Catholic priests are pedophiles? Is yeah. this what you're Spotlight. saying? Spotlight. Wait, so just real quick, this is what you're saying that you stayed up late for last night? So, back to you guys. Um, <laughs> I I just want to get back on track here. We're kind of running out of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And it was actually about a lot. Talk to you later. It was actually about Queen Elizabeth. Okay, that's what I. Oh yeah. I kind oh, of yeah. nerded into Queen Elizabeth, so it was just I thought you could relate more to the the priest. She's how we relate more to pedophiles. It's well, chill. <laughs> Look, I mean, we're all adults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, er note to self, erase my comments. Um, No, but what I was going to say was, isn't it kind of weird that we're like having to teach ourselves to be ourselves? I mean, at this, I mean, what I'm trying to get to is I have this feeling, just my personal opinion, is that we are not taught like growing up that that, I mean, doesn't that seem like the most important thing or to kind of like follow? I mean, it feels like a lot of us are going to, even if we go to college or not, whatever, for other things, you're just like encouraged to do other things. And, and then like we have to relearn our everything and, and reprogram our brains at, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of age to like, hey, you know what? Here's an idea. Uh, do what you really like to do instead and like do that full out. And so th that will make you happy. Does that seem weird? Well, I think that the world is set up by people with um, a lot of like deep desire to sell you shit. And as such, the 
main idea of marketing and advertising is to be like everybody else. And that's like, I, I think that that's kind of the common way that people are brought up is to believe that you have to have the same kind of shoes and you have to have the same kind of pants and you have to have the same kind of haircut or you're not, you know, you're, you're going to be an outsider. Outsider is bad. Different is bad. Even when you have that cool art teacher in school who's telling you the opposite, it's a minority voice. But, yeah, what do you think, Brian? And it, well, um, I think I, I learned this from Michael from one of your other presentations before, but just the, the um, sort of exploding rate of people who are becoming uh, freelance like as their career, not as a phase between two different jobs or whatever. And <clears throat> I think that that has just changed so much in one generation in this period of time is really like a massive change that's happening for a variety of reasons. But uh, just that the workforce before really wasn't set up that way. And so there were tracks that were, you were encouraged to go education up to a certain level and then sort of split down this way or one this way because you need to have a good job. This job can provide you with this sort of quality of life and this stability to have a family and this and that. And then, you know, I don't know. I saw this thing on Facebook the other day about this dude who just makes giant swords. He just straight up makes huge swords. Now that's his job because he's just the kind of freak who thought it would be cool to actually take like a, a sword that would be from a video game character. That's like just outrageously not a real size like it's like a seven foot long sword that weighs like a hundred pounds and then he welds it for real like an exact replica of it and then it's like chopping through like blocks of ice into a thing in his backyard and then sells it to people on the internet and now that's a job that you can have because that guy's just a freak who loves big swords and found out that there are other freaks who also love big swords and now that's that guy's job but so you see like that person didn't exist in the career model of like do you want to be an engineer or uh you know like not that doesn't they're from two different worlds and i just don't think that information was moving around the world at a rate where you could have explained to somebody from say like our grandparents generation, you know, well, I just have this one very particular specific thing that I love and I'm just going to do that. And I think there'd be a way to actually turn that not only into just like a fun hobby, but a job. Right. But that is changing. I think at a very fast rate and in ways that people don't even fully understand, like it's just kind of too fast to even keep up with. There's no like, academic um like major canon to address it because by the time that can even be written the whole thing is different there seems to be (laughs) just a lot of backlash especially in the u.s on higher education because it's gotten so fucking expensive that nobody can even afford to do it and then you know your diploma is basically worth nothing when you get out of college at this point right it's it's like a it's like a high school diploma now to us, and exactly. so you're you're much more likely to be able to translate your actual skills and your portfolio, or depending on what kind of work you're interested in, your personal brand, which is so many people are talking about now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, and I'm not. I no, literally, no one has ever asked me. I worked freelance in film and TV production in LA for for almost a decade before I started shark pig. Did you think anyone ever asked me for my degree? 
Like, <laughs> it's yeah, like, no hey, I want to be a PA. I just want a PA gig. All I want is just like a couple of days on the show. Like, mm, do you have your degree in film? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I do have my degree in film. I'm not saying that, but I have my degree in film from the Maharishi University of Management. So it's like, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's like, it matters. It doesn't matter. It matters to get an education. I don't think either Michael and I are, are saying that like knowledge doesn't matter and developing a skill or a trade doesn't matter of course it does but the, the i mean it's a yeah it's a joke it's not like we also, unless you're going into a like a super specific trade skill or something yeah. like that but even that is you're probably better off going to a trade school not like a university right we also live in a weird bubble you know between los angeles and before here i lived in new york and it's I mean, I think this is probably true of a lot of places that it's really more about your relationships with people and your ability to hustle <laughs> than it is about a lot of other things. But particularly in like, I mean, Los Angeles has got to be the freelance capital of the world. There's so many people just like taking naps at two o'clock in the afternoon and like day drinking. And <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. yeah, I don't flip you out when you when I first moved here. Like I was like, man, I just don't know what to do. I got to find a job. Well, I guess we got to go get brunch because I mean, you still got to eat. And then you go to brunch at like 11, 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. It's full. You can't get a table. You're like, wait, nobody has a job. Who are these? What, what do you guys do? Everybody There's is a not lot right now but then, then but then they also work like crazy here because actually like pretty much even when people are partying here it's a big trick it seems like they're not working but they actually were working at everyone's that working like, totally, it. yeah it's yeah networking and stuff but so what did you actually then go to college for michael uh, yeah, i have a fine arts degree okay i've never shown it to anyone either no but what what does that mean <laughs> like fine arts so it's like in yeah so um as a kid, my dad was a painter, or still is, a painter, sculptor, really super-duper talented. And, yeah, so I kind of thought that would be cool, and I, I studied fine art. I studied painting, studied art history and humanities, and excellent education. Like, it really, I'm super glad that that's part of my foundation, but uh, very infrequently applicable in my life today and it seems like you knew pretty straight on that like music was your life you were like just i mean the yeah way you were describing, I, just, like, so like the music was like I mean, uh, when, <laughs> when i was little um like you know when i would get allowance or I was like pretty industrious as a kid and I would mow lawns and shovel driveways. I grew up in the East Coast where it snowed a lot. He's a hustler. He is a hustler through and through. <laughs> and uh, like every every dollar I made went to records. That was my game. And I would buy and sell shit and somehow convince my friends to do things that they didn't want to do so I could make money and <laughs> buy records. And that's been my move. It's still my move at, at this point. Like... Buying records is my number one favorite pastime. Oh, and, still, you know, that's music. still what you do with your money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a few more responsibilities now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely spend a lot of time in dusty old record stores. But, yeah, so I guess the thing is, is, like, I, and this is just true, like, I never knew. So I played music as a kid as well. I played drums and I, I played guitar and stuff. But I like Brian was saying, like I, w I was never like a prodigy and I never, I knew I at best had the possibility of being in like shitty indie rock bands and having a life of like seriously unfulfilled 
<laughs> like artistic expression. So I never really knew that there was a way to make money or make a career in music. So I went into advertising and marketing, which is like pretty much the opposite, worst side of the world. Right. And thought I was going to make a career there. And the longer I did it, the more I did it, the more I realized that music was bullying me. And every time I tried to put it down, it made it so clear to me that I was doing the wrong thing. So I finally just quit advertising and went full time into into music. And I've since in a weird way, come full circle and now come back to advertising and marketing because that's basically what, what I do for my businesses. Yeah. <laughs> but like um but yeah so that's that's definitely my my real love. But I love that was didn't you write um <clears throat> somewhere that you feel like it this career chose you. You didn't choose it. It shows you like you were destined somehow to do it. Yeah, hundred percent. I uh like I said it so when I moved to Los Angeles from New York, my wife had um, been given a really amazing job opportunity, which is why we moved here in the first place. And I, it was like the pit of the depression. It was like late 2007, early 2008, like weird stock market crash and all the banks were failing and things were pretty dire, particularly in a place that like traded on entertainment and like frivolous, like over the top shit yeah. that you know, goes first. Um, I tried, I tried my hardest to get another job in advertising and marketing and it just wasn't there. There weren't jobs. People were getting fired and laid off, not hired. And so I had, I was like afforded this rare opportunity where my wife had a great job and things were comfortable. Um, but then all of a sudden she got pregnant and it was like, Oh man, something needs to happen no. right, right now. And uh, she was, I mean, God bless her, was like kind enough to say like, look, follow it, go, like take a year. If it doesn't, you know, take off in a year, then let's talk about it. But like, don't stop fooling yourself and just do it. needs to happen, yeah. Yeah. That's really quite the gift too. I mean. No doubt. I know a lot of people that have the opposite kind of <laughs> struggle, you know, to break free. So that's awesome. The thing Michael's not telling you, though, is that he would have just figured out how to do that anyway in some way. Because the thing he really can't resist is, like like I said, he's a hustler through and through. Yeah. Not like a drug hustler or anything like that. I just mean like what he was talking about about being a kid. I did, I did my stint. He used to, <laughs> he, used to um, <laughs> he used to, he used to like buy kids bikes that were like a little bit broken, fix them, and then sell them back to them. Like, You're like that's like you make a product you'll like, figure out a job out of anything and it can't he trust me as somebody who's very lazy it, at heart who actually just wants to do nothing if i hang out i hang out with michael all the time and it's like it is just insane the amount of stuff that he'll drum up to just if it's ever slightly calm then it's like we gotta stir some <laughs> shit up and make something happen I'm like oh, okay all right let's do it like <laughs> Well, he would have turned a job. Hair, he would have turned anything into a job. He would have turned if and it and and I mean I don't know. I learned a lot from him about how to do that as well, which is like it doesn't exactly. Um, and it's I mean yeah, the advertising side and marketing side was not the fulfilling thing, and uh, and and I and I do totally get what you're saying about like the music chose you or something like that, but. I, I, what I would want to 
um, clarify about that from watching that whole process happen is it's not like <clears throat> that sounds a little bit like a princess story. Like you <laughs> saw a shooting star and then you knew it was a sign. I'm going to be a DJ. Check this out. It's just like, that's doesn't, it's not like, um, there was anything all that romantic about it. You just were like, okay, I, I worked for Michael when this whole thing happened as like his PA. And so we were on this insane ad campaign where we were literally spending millions of dollars, basically just the two of us like just going around humble and brag. throwing money at people. Yeah. Well, we, it sounds like a humble brag, but it's, we, we agree that the <laughs> term is actually world's worst man. Cause it's basically just like, Hey, can we have your parking lot? And like, no, I don't want that. I'd be like, yes, you do. Let us have it. We'll hire it. We'll pay you. No, just do it. Just have to throw money at it. What you know, is it's it just going to take? so annoying. So annoying with the world's worst man. We hate it. We, there's an onion article. We always reference. It says world's worst man decides to go into marketing. Point being, I was so broke that I was literally homeless when I first started working for him. I walked to this, yeah, I was literally homeless and a bunch of other shit that I don't want to even get into. It was just a very bad time in my life. We'll go into it at the after party. In Roma. I, I walk into this like luxury hotel where we're staying because that's where like you do all business in that world or whatever and just dropped my backpack and started crying because I was like, yes, I have a bed to sleep in. Uh, oh. But and not homeless. I, sorry, not homeless. I was living <laughs> on the street, but I was living with I was living with my friends and I had really pissed all of them off and I had to get out of Los Angeles and yeah I wasn't starving like living on the streets starving but I did eat like a bag of chips over the course of five days and weighed like 35 pounds less than I do now I was in bad shape when I came to work for Michael and then he's so I'm like this is the shit this is the best we've got so much money even though it's not ours but we can spend it on stuff we can it's eat whatever we want. <laughs> and Michael, what did you see in Brian when he when you first met him? Uh, to be quite honest, it was uh, an introduction from a mutual friend of ours who I known for a long time and trusted. So it was more of like a cosign on Brian. You didn't like when I fashioned that was, waffle no, I really fancy, uh, that, yeah. in that fancy hotel. But this, you were already hired at that point. Yeah, that's was, was too late now. Okay, okay. He was yeah. pre-approved. So you, but you discovered pretty quickly that you guys were a good match, or how did that process like? Yeah, and and this is the thing, and and like I think this is kind of, you know, like like we were talking about earlier. This is the currency that we really trade in is the ability to collaborate on something. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, and I think this is you know, just to kind of like <laughs> in the podcast business, we call this a segue. Um, I think to, <laughs> wait, I got to wait. Sorry. Just oh, wait. Sorry. Hold no, on. Se- hold your, hold your thought of your pause. segue. Cause I sound, I sound like a raving lunatic and you, I didn't get to finish the point of what I was saying. <laughs> the point of the whole story was, and we're so we're in, we have this All fat, right. we have this fat gig traveling around, spending millions of dollars of other, of a corporation's money just for basically, you know, marketing, which is basically like pointless nothingness. And <laughs> I thought it was the best. Michael's like, is it, I'm out. This is my last gig. I'm like, really, what are you going to do now? It's like, I'm going to become a wedding DJ. I'm like, <laughs> huh, sounds great. What the Fire fuck me. are you talking about? 
you know, like, what are you talking about? How could you want that? He's like, no, but it's going to be hype. It's going to be like a totally different thing. I'm not going to be like a cheesy DJ. It's not going to be whack or anything like that. And I'm going to turn that industry on its head and that I'm going to set this whole thing up. And really that then I just sort of like working for him and like trying to just in the same way that he would, that's the point I was trying to make before is like in the same way that you would have done everything. It's not like that, um, that, that you, that, uh, uh, you know, your, the career of music chose you. Yes. I'm glad that you followed your heart's desire and said, even though you had a high paying, what a lot of people would consider a powerful job, a successful job, you gave that up because it wasn't fulfilling. That is legit. But what I'm saying about like how you made your DJ business go off, it has nothing to do with like fate or like yeah, because so like, I, you're because it's just your and no, no offense like you're a talented dude, but I'm saying like it's not because like you're just so talented that it just went off. I right. mean, then we just took marketing and and uh, promotional like principles to task on your DJ business, yep. and then when it was like, hey, do you want to do videos? We just did that for my video business, yep. and then it was <laughs> so like. It would have been anything, is all I was saying. It no, wasn't. That's the only point I wanted to make before the segue. Yeah, so. the, the background story is that I did sit on my hands for probably eight, ten years as a DJ. Like I had a pretty cush existence, opening for a lot of really big acts and being involved in some pretty big shit and playing in front of thousands, of, sometimes thousands upon thousands of people, which was pretty dope. No complaints there, but no money to speak of. And it was not like a career at all. It was like weekend warrior biz. And so it wasn't until I cared about it and really pushed on it that that's, that was the, the ultimate change. But to go back to what you were saying before about like, you know, that we're, we've had a good time working together or that like I saw something in them quickly or whatever is this idea that universally to me, the most important thing about being a creative and like sort of for those at home listening, I'm doing air quotes because I think it's sort of weird um, way of describing what, what it is that people do. Cause it's maybe it's this overused term, but um, you mean the term creative? Yes, yeah. in air quotes. I'm a creative. Oh, really? Nice to meet you. I'm a dumbass. I mean, like, what else is, is what is anyone else besides a creative? If you're a human being, like. But I guess I guess the way I sort of define it, and I think that it's like customarily defined as somebody who's probably freelances a better word or an artist, um, is that uh, collaboration is the most important part of that equation so if you're a photographer if you're a painter if you're in film if you're a singer if you're it doesn't matter what whatever your whatever your output is um it's a very dark deep lonely boring ass road to do it by yourself yeah so finding somebody that you can bounce ideas off of that will help you with things that you're no good at and that is just Gen generally just kind of fun and funny to be around is it's like paramount and that's so that's what i found in brian and you know we have other collaborators that are along those same lines um you know we work sort of in a big crew here maybe about 10 or 15 of us and and so to find that synergy over and over and over and over and over again is like that's unbelievable to me it, it is like a literal dream come true that part of it just being able to 
work together with other people that I respect. And Did you hear that? It's like a dream come true working with me. <laughs> I bet he's not this nice to you when you're not like on the podcast. No. <laughs> he did give me a little bit of whiskey before we started <laughs> just to like lube you up a little bit but yeah um, for the, it goes for all the things you said you said if you're a a, a painter a writer a um actor an actor musician. a filmmaker something like that and those are all like those are all like art forms but i would say the collaborative the need to be able to collaborate in this day and age is also goes for if you're a businessman or woman of any kind if you're just a it doesn't really, it's not just limited to the arts. Like, yeah. that's why I was joking about being like, oh, I'm a creative. It's like, yeah, there's people who you specialize in what has been traditionally considered a more creative um, uh, medium, like the arts or something. But honestly, to succeed, I think, in anything, and not coming from, because I'm like, I'm a huge success now. But I just am like, in the, I don't, I can't understand how anyone would do it without you being able to collaborate with people along the way. I mean, yeah, it definitely weirds me out when I hear because that and, and like going to a number of conferences, both wedding related and ones that are a little bit more um, broad in their scope in terms of just like entrepreneurial or freelancers or whatever. What the hell? Like consultants. <laughs> That's the new one yeah. um, is like that. That there are people out there who actually do do it all by themselves who sit at home and just like fire away at the laptop all day I, long I think most i think most i mean i would venture to say that at least wedding industry here is very lonesome i mean i think that's why these way of north conferences also are like very popular is because people have such a need to like connect with other people and i think unfortunately it has become, and it was for me for a long time too, like, okay, I, I may be an extrovert and, you know, I love people and I love to laugh. And, but unfortunately I do what I love professionally, but I do it like alone and I have to like get those things from other places, which, so I think that message is like, is so. It's yeah. It's time, like, to, it's time yeah. to shake that up a little bit. Cause yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it to anyone who's, who's who's listening. All three of the people who are still listening to this podcast at home right now. No, say it to um, They all like three of you connect with each other now. <laughs> go tweet me. Um, I I think that there's so much to be gained, even if you can't see it before you set out to do it. Like like to to Brian's point, we didn't know each other at all. We. <laughs> to uh, add one more segue in here, we met at brunch. <laughs> Where, oh yeah, that's in right. Los yeah. Angeles. That's funny. Nice. Yeah. So that's there true. you go. Right. See how I did that. That's um, beautiful. I'm taking notes um, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. This is this pod's going off. Um, <laughs> it's not called segue. It's called a reach around. Oh no. Uh, oh, that's something else. That's oh, something else. Um, Whoa. That. that yeah, pause. Um, that that I met Brian. I didn't know him at all, and you know we have a few things in common, no doubt, and definitely a lot of friends in common. And you know, then we were thrust into this job that was like two months on the road out of town. So I mean, you get to know somebody pretty quickly doing that. But 
Which was what? Sorry to interrupt you. What was this job that was two months out of town? Oh, no, we can't talk about that. Yeah, it was a must. No, we Next question. We can't say that. You must. No, we can't talk about that. Um, but I can tell you that it was, we did a month in Chicago, and then we did a month in San Francisco. And this is also, um, just to throw a little context in there, while my wife was pregnant with our first child so it was kind of weird for me to be away it was definitely weird for her for me to be away and then you know like being on the road with somebody that i didn't really know and we never set out like okay and then once we're done with this job we're going to start new businesses together and work side by side shoulder to shoulder in the same office for the next 10 years it was you know it was unknown but that that discovery of like of saying what if a lot or could it happen sort of idea i think not enough people really like investigate that kind of thing and and man it's so rewarding you know when you do have that kind of a a partner to work off of and to bounce ideas off of and to you know use their like talents and and connections and Mm -hmm. abilities and yeah I, you know, I think, yeah, I think what you're, it's, it's definitely worth like kind of, uh, reiterating that point, which is that it's, it's uh, most of the time it's unknown. You know, we didn't know it was, we thought that we were going to be working for, together for a month and then it turned into two months. And then that was actually because I had like pissed my friends off so bad in LA from when I was couch surfing never endingly with them before Michael went back to LA I was like, hey, they get, said they'd give us another week on the job so you can get one more week of being hired for another week. Why don't you just come down here? And I'm like, I can't really go to L.A. Like, I can't really show my face around there. And then he's like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, they'll fly you down. Just come down here. It's going to be the easiest week of the whole thing. We're just going to be sitting at my kitchen table, like, putting receipts on paper and, you know, just wrapping the job out and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. And then I end up accidentally moving back to LA at that time, which happens to me from, from, I've tried to escape like multiple times, but I can never fully stay away. The whole thing is just, uh, and, and, and I, I think it's, I think it's corny in a way to say like, oh, it's serendipity or like it was fate or something like that. It's not really like that. But it was also not, I mean, it's really not planned. It's not like you're like, come down and wrap this job out for one more week, accidentally move into Dugman, and then we'll start companies together like a year later. Like, no, we didn't, We had no idea. We thought it was a week. We thought it was one more week together. And that's end up being, you know, now we're <laughs> traveling to foreign countries to, to speak about creativity principles and through the vehicle of old hip hop. We would have never been able to say, oh, yeah, this is probably where this is going. You know, well, quick, quick, quick sidebar is, is that Brian's really not into fate. No, I, no, I, I get it. Well, fate, <laughs> I mean, true. what is fate? It's also like, like you're saying, okay, it's not to be confused. That doesn't mean you don't put in like a lot of blood, sweat and tears into something. I mean, it just, it, part of it is probably like kind of just listening to that inner, you know, whatever, like what, what do I want to do instead of like not listening to it or just even even being down for it and that maybe that yeah, is right. sort of a way being of being it, is yeah. sort of fateful like i mean i'm like okay well i'll come down to la let's just see what happens like i don't really know exactly what it is and in terms of uh, um you know i think in terms of if we're if we're both saying how important it is like community building and collaborative like being collaborative with people and not isolating yourself to be part of this new workforce is i think 
it's sort of important to also go, um, it's not dependent on you. Um, it, it's not necessarily that you're like, okay, who should I collaborate with? Cause I, I need to map out the, how the whole thing is going to go ahead of time mm -hmm. because some of the best, coolest, hypest shit happens basically on accident. I mean, basically it is, I guess, fate. Like it's not, it's completely unknown. Did you see what, what I'm, just happened? I'm just, I'm Full just trying circle. to, I'm just trying to clarify what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I'm just, not fate, not fate. Is, no, no, no. <laughs> not fate, not fate, fate. It's fate. It's fate. But anyway, it's fate. You're either destined to, you're either destined. And now he's talking about destiny. Jenny, I want to thank you for this intervention with Brian. Everything's going to be just fine. Oh, I have you're here. welcome. You are so welcome. I was welcome. going to talk about destiny's child. I wasn't going to talk about destiny. <laughs> he's Ladies really, man really into Beyonce. The club is full of bundles and the puck is full of rum. And now he's singing. Wow, I didn't even know we were going there. You know, the the other thing that you were talking about, about, uh, <laughs> about when you were going, you know, I think the, the industry can be really, like, isolating. There are people who are just... Um, and I'm, now I'm actually talking about the wedding photography industry where there's so much time just spent like editing, you're at your computer, you're by yourself and how like a conference like way up North can be really fulfilling just to be like building the community. Um, I, I would say that there's like another really important part of collaboration from, from our, I think both of our perspectives is like, and this part of my presentation that I did last year at way up North in Rome is like. Yes, you can have a symbiotic relationship that you benefit from because this other person that you work with all the time is good at some of the things that you're not good at. But you also have to be able to contribute to the yeah, thing. Right. Yeah, you have to contribute to it. So there's always that that part of it is kind of like what the the individual part. You have to sharpen your skills. You have to be once you have this network or an opportunity kind of to like, collaborate with somebody, you still are the individual that contributes into that relationship. And it is just like, you know, it's like the crowdsourcing model in, in a smaller way in the sense that like, I don't really have the budget to hire somebody to shoot like the level of videos that, that Brian and his team shoot for my company. And, you know, Brian maybe doesn't have the, you know, the bandwidth to, source all of the music or there there's always a trade and that's the thing like maybe it's difficult and especially like to to keep coming back to the photography thing because neither of us are photographers um it maybe it's difficult to find what that what that balance is or what that trade is but you have a you know and you and the other one person who's still here with us on this podcast have this very valuable um commodity to trade and you need something in return as well so whether that's um something for a specific shoot or if it's something um that i don't even really fully yeah, understand and, or whatever and who and, knows it might point. not be anything but just putting that vibe out there and putting that intention out into the world that hey i have this thing that's really worth a lot of money i charge people tens of thousands of dollars to do it i'm happy to do it for you for free and then hopefully you'll do something for me in exchange and that sort of that sort of trade that sort of um horse trading or um What's it called? Like in the old days before they had money and they bartered. Barter. Yeah, that kind of bartering. Um, that I think 
to, to me, or I, I can at least speak for myself, is the single most important thing that drives all of the business that I do is that I have that ability to call on a lot of people. And so I've made it a point to go around town, whether that's to other business people or to other people who I believe in or to just random people and sort of offer that up. Like, hey, I have something to offer you. Right. And now as I build more and more businesses, I, I have lots of things to offer. And I also expect some stuff in return. And now it's just like the abundance of it just like unleashes itself on me and then reciprocated from me to do it for the, for those people as well. And it's a really good feeling to not say, well, I'd love to be able to get some nice headshots, but I can't afford to get a photographer or I'd love to be able to get some, you know, you fill in the blank, but I just can't afford that in my budget right now. And it's, and it, I mean, the wedding industry is like, I feel like nobody says this. The wedding industry is so full of hype, creative people. I, when I first like kind of got into it, I'd been working freelance, like film and TV stuff for the longest time. And then um, Michael was uh, working with Whitney and Jesse Chamberlain and started this amazing wedding photo company called Our Labor of Love that then spread out into this group of really talented photographers as well. And that was kind of like the, co the core team. And we started working with Max Wanger. And then it was like, oh, I could do some videos for you guys. But to be honest, I felt like pretty embarrassed about the <laughs> – from like a film yeah. per world – it was like, oh, I'm going to start doing some wedding videos. Like, it was like, oh, this is yeah, like yeah. kind of going to be like, oh. I like, I don't kinda, normally do this, but, you know, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, normally I hang out with these cool people, right? <laughs> this is like this complete misconception I had about it. As soon as I got into the uh, the industry, in air quotes, if you want to call it that, but like really the, the whole community within the wedding world, the most, the most dynamic, like most creative, most ambitious people from all different walks of life and nicest and yeah and they care about stuff and it's like i have i don't know as compared to the rest of the music industry on my side the film industry on brian's side the advertising the advertising world, industry uh, oh my gosh worst people you guys have alive, a lot of literally. people to compare it to so you've you've like a lot of a lot of a lot of people who really <clears throat> very full of themselves very ego driven very hard to get along with and cutthroat. And the the other thing about the, the wedding industry is that it's people who all have came from this other thing. Like, you know what I mean? You could go like, oh, Michael, he's like a wedding DJ. That's it. Well, no, he's not just that. I mean, he has all this other backstory of different, not only just different jobs, but also different interests and other things that, that he brings into this job that he has it currently in the wedding industry. Right. But that's not the whole thing. And I find that to be so common. Like anybody, you you end up getting to know people and working with them because the the pace of it is kind of intense and demanding. You know, you work these like long days that are, um, it's an event. So there's all these factors that you can't control and you're like kind of having to, to work together. And if you get along with, with your colleagues, usually after the wedding is over, you're having a beer or something like that. And you find out that it's the exact same thing with everybody else. They came from this other world. They had this whole other career. They left it and came to this. So, you know, if you're talking about like, Hey, you should be open to collaborating with people. You should be down to like kind of network, not in the ugly 
version of the term, like networking events that suck, but like just to build your own network, you don't even have to necessarily worry about like, well, I want to be friends with somebody who can give me headshots. Right. <laughs> who can give me headshots? <laughs> uh, Not body shots. Uh, um, who can, I, or I want to be uh, friends and collaborating with somebody who can give me this specific thing. It's right. more about just being like, I'm down to work with people who I, I like. I'm down to help people if they need help and it's something that I know how to do mm-hmm. because it's usually the unknown thing always that comes around and like actually changes your life it's not the thing that you you go the one well, what are you going to give me if i do that this or that or something it's just like i, I really i wish i <laughs> i guess i should get better at trying to explain this before rome this is probably a pretty important point but like it's the <laughs> no, it's a, <laughs> a sort of more like a state of being or like a state of mind to be down to help people and to ask people for help to, to build a relationship and work with people. That's what collaborating really is. Not, not, uh, keeping score and going like, well, that guy really owes me because I would normally charge them this much dollars for that. It's like, Oh, come on, man. It all comes around in the end. I mean, I guess not always. Some people are not good people to collaborate with if they don't contribute. Like I said, if they don't really contribute their own stuff. But for the most part, I find, just like the most creative, coolest people in the biz. And it's not usually because of the thing that they do in the wedding business, actually. It's because they have this whole other thing that they know how to do. Well, don't There's you a- feel like, sorry, what, just what you were saying, Brian, sorry to interrupt you, Michael, but like if both people are relatively cool, you generally would rather give a little bit more in a collaboration than be the one that takes a little bit more. So if both, if you find those right people, and most are probably like that, I'm assuming. Then, it's Christmas every day. Yeah. Then you, well, there you go. I mean, then you're just like kind of um, getting synergies or whatever. There's a um, there's a Bill Murray quote that I read the other day. Who I'm a huge fan of Bill Murray. It's something like, and I, I might I might be off a little bit here, but it's something like, I just say yes to everything and don't expect anything in return. It makes life a lot easier. Awesome. Such a brilliant quote. That's so dope. And I can't really say that I do that because I say no to a lot of shit, especially lately because I'm too busy and I have kids. But I mean, it's a pretty good way to like at least start the day. It's awesome. And it's funny that you bring up Bill Murray because the last podcast I did was with Heather Jowett and um, she, (laughs) the background that she like chose for the podcast was her mantle and on the mantle all I could see was like part of a painting. It looked like a Jesus, like one of those kind of, um, what are they called? Uh, fresco kind of thingies. And then, and I was like, Oh, what do you have there? Like, kind of like, Oh, um, not, Oh, but like just, just was trying to, and she lifts this, the, like the, the, um, laptop like this and the head was Bill Murray. And she was like, Oh, I just really like Bill Murray. So that seems to be, a common thread but i love that quote because it's like that's just awesome it's very like kind of um buddha like too i feel like (laughs) (laughs) to bring it to the religious side (laughs) speaking of religion no just kidding yeah so what about i mean most people when i when you think like this industry is like how do you do that with 
small kids. I'm assuming your kids are quite small. Yeah, my, I have two girls that are four and eight. How do I do what? Travel around and yeah, keep the keep it. I uh, yeah, I guess I just have a really solid wife. Um, yeah. Solid wife, bro. <laughs> um, she yeah. So uh, my wife Elizabeth, who is an incredible human being in so many ways, also uh, is the primary caregiver for for our girls. So. When I'm here, I'm very disciplined about the time that I work and the time that I'm home, and I try to be very disciplined about how I am at home in the sense that, like, I have pretty strict boundaries about my phone and about my laptop and about kind of the time. Like, I've said this before, and I, I really try to kind of make it a mantra. I try to say it as much as I can, is that if – with the amount of time that I do work, which is considerable, and the amount of time that I travel during the year, which is staggering, humble brag. Yeah, br <laughs> brutal. You can brag about it if you want. It's more like brutal. Um, if if I wasn't spending every moment that I could with my kids when I'm here and like being a hundred percent there with them, yeah. I would be like world's worst person. So. Um, it's oh, real, man. it's real straightforward <laughs> for me that like when I am here and when it's five o'clock and I'm, I'm out, it doesn't matter what's happening. The building's okay. on fire. I'm leaving. Cause the kids yeah. will know as soon as you kind of check out mentally too, they're like, hello, 100%. they notice right away. So you can't even yeah. like hide it. Yeah. And let's hope that that's a sign for the future that, that they're not going to be as bad with the technology as we have been because <laughs> they're aware of how like debilitating it is for you for you to be able to multitask when talking with the phone but yeah. yeah so i guess that's that's one thing i also i mean the the places that i get to go that are really fun and really interesting i bring them with me oh that's cool so i i don't bring them to like the you know the less the club. I'm <laughs> too duck club. But I, but I, yeah. So they've they've traveled around quite a bit with me, which has been real fun and real memorable for all of us. So that's awesome. But I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. But I think I got to say, at least for my own personality and my own style of life, that it would be considerably harder if I had to go work in a cubicle or like a you know, pharmaceutical company, mm -hmm. 40 hours a week and only have two weeks off. So uh, regardless of the fact that I'm maybe not around as much as some dads are, I um, I make the most of it and then we have a lot more fun than I am. And you're in, in many ways setting a good example, like you wrote on your website for them. That's That's the hope is that, you know, and this kind of goes back to, I don't remember exactly what you were saying in the beginning, but um, there, there is this, oh, I know what it was. There's this idea, and I think it was our parents' generation that really started it, because I don't believe that the World War II era parents really said this to their kids. I think that the baby boomers started this, is if you work hard and study and you know apply yourself, you can do whatever you want to do, that kind of mode. And I... I don't think that they really got to live that life or not many of them did. I think that my generation really has had like un 
untold opportunity in that way. But like it shows that there's projections that something like 45% of the workforce by the year 2020 will be freelance. That's like crazy town. That's wow. Mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that idea that we keep, we keep like using that like a mantra, like repeating it over and over again. If you work hard, if you apply yourself, if you try, you can do whatever you want. And people say that maybe don't even understand how much power there is in that statement. But to me, it means everything. Like I don't want my kids to work for, you know, I don't know, a corporation. That's terrible. That's like, I'm trying, if anything, to instill in them that that's the worst possible outcome. <laughs> the other way around, instead of being like, some parents would be like, just get a, get a secure job, have a good education, yeah, so you pay that. the bills. You're the other way. Like, So if your daughter comes to you and is like, Dad, I want to be an accountant for a pharmaceutical company, you're going to be like, ah, oh, hell no, you will not. <laughs> Do not. I mean, look, like, I mean, it's, it's, that's sort of a hard thing to say. That's a hard thing to really predict right now. But what I can say is that if I try to lead by example, as opposed to be some sort of tyrannical like figure in her life, is that I want them to think like, dude, my dad has had it made. He has like his own business and he has a building and he has a bunch of shit and he has like people who work for him and he travels all <laughs> yeah, over the world like that kind of stuff. Of shit. <laughs> like I yeah. like if at the end of the day they that that's what their takeaway is, like maybe they don't even really know exactly what I do. They're pretty young. Like I don't know if they fully get it. They come and see me play records sometimes or whatever, but it's still a pretty like lofty concept. But they do know, like my daughter, my oldest, will say things like, like if I, you know, bounce to, to go see like her play or to see like some performance at the school or something, she'll be like, did you sneak out of the office? And I'm like, yeah, like I told everyone, like I told everyone a, a lie. And I said I had to go somewhere. And, and she's like, well, what are they doing there now that you're not there to boss them around? Oh. <laughs> like, she's aware. She knows that, like, Papa's yeah. in charge down here. Daddy. You're like, they're probably, Brian's probably sitting with his feet up on the desk and, like, smoking <laughs> a cigar. No, I'm just kidding. Where'd you go to, Brian? I'm just right here. There you I'm are. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm right, peeking I'm around close, as if I'm going to see close you. By. I'm close by. <laughs> What about you, Brian? What do you feel like now, the people around you, like when you, do you have like friends from back home that you went to school with or whatever that are like living the opposite life of you? Uh, in, in, ter in terms of, you mean like having a, a more traditional? Yeah, whatever. I just imagine like, like you have, do you have friends from back home who are like, oh my God, Brian, he's like huge star. He's like in LA, he's got his own business. I don't think anyone thinks I'm a star. I think some people think that I travel a lot and that, that, that that's like really glamorous or something. And I do have the worst like wanderlust. Like I can't help but want to see as many different parts of this planet as possible before I die. Um, but, you know, it's also funny. I usually try to – if somebody says something like that, I'm like, yeah, but – you understand that's just like marketing for my brand, right? <laughs> I mean, that's not, it's not, it's, it's like. Take it with a grain of salt. Kind of well, yeah. I mean, you know, Instagram doesn't usually show like the, the, the part where you're like 
in a really bumpy plane ride and hung over and thinking you might throw up or something, you know, it's not like you, you show the, the vista of like from where you were before and then you kind of don't show the rest of it. And, and I don't know, it doesn't, <laughs> I'm not really sure. Sometimes I kind of go like, uh, you, but, but yo, that's just marketing. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's fine. I love that there's free, um, platforms out there where you can just market your own business. Cause that leads more towards the things that we keep saying. Like people can launch their own thing. You can get your ideas out there. You can get your products out there. Even if it's just kind of like, you can even basically like connect with people on like an aesthetic level. Like it's not even your work, but you're like, check me out. I like this type of thing. And it attracts the type of clients or collaborators that are like, I also like that. It's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It's also sort of like, well, I don't know. Fake, I guess is what it is. It's so. fake, but there's something real to it because those, yeah, it's like if we like the same kind of stuff, then we, there's, we're bound to like connect on some level. So it's not, it's not totally fake, but yeah, I see what you're it's, saying. It's not like yeah. if you're only looking at that, like, oh, that's Brian. I just saw his Instagram account and I have the full views. You know, obviously that's not. That's we have not a part. What are you trying to say? <laughs> you you saw, then you saw the rest of my apartment and realized he's a hoarder freak. So yeah, the, seriously, the, I have a book to write. Michael and I have a point in our in our presentation, and I try not to give too much of this away. Or maybe hope, hopefully, we're always changing the presentation and trying to to reformat it and stuff. Where like but, uh, but like spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler we quote alert. Flava Flav, who's um was the hype man from Pub, um, Public Enemy, and saying don't believe the hype. And, um, I have, I try to tell people, I hear actually a lot on, I don't want to rag on social media too much or spend too much time on it, but I hear like this common thing about people being like, oh, I had to get off Instagram or get off Facebook because it makes me feel bad about myself. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's just, so, it's fake. That shit is fake though. It's not, I mean, yeah, it's kind of real, but it's not like, but that's kind of what it is. It's hype. You know, yeah, you're like hype. hyping up this lifestyle that you lead or this company that you have is successful or this, um, experience that you had is you get this little snapshot of like, and of course it's people choose the most beautiful part of it, but it's, it's like watching whole, reality TV and believing it's reality and believing it's real or something. Yeah. <laughs> so not only do I say, not only do I say, but then the real trick, the real tricky one, uh, is okay. So don't believe the hype as in, this other person's life is as picture perfect as you see on their Instagram feed. The real danger is when you start believing your own hype when right. you're like, you're like, yeah, I am a big deal. See <laughs> this many people clicked on their fucking phone. 85 likes. Who cares? Who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. It's not real. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know, it's, it's hype. It's a marketing device. Don't let it get attached to like your own actual self-worth in some weird way. That's so weird. <laughs> I think what you said there is actually really, really interesting. I mean, that the danger is not so much feeling like, oh, everyone else is perfect. Look, their houses are amazing and their jobs are amazing. But like the real danger being when you start to put your own like meaning in there, in your own likes. I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah. Like you're like very see, slippery see slope. i am i well even I though i'm empty inside i am, I am getting fire. a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is that? i fire? am fire 
Oh, I am fired. Oh, they said I'm fired. I was like, I'm fired. You're fired. Wait, right here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fired. <laughs> anyway. Speaking of you're fired, um, I just want to ask you about Donald Trump before no, I let you go. No, no, no. Okay, uh, just because um, I don't have that many um, Americans uh, for the podcast, and I, I am an American citizen. Um, and like have been following obviously what's going on over there. My friends are like in having to go to therapy and stuff like they're in bad shape. What's um, not to close it off on a super yeah, sour I mean, note. Man, we'll do something yeah, fun. Yeah, we'll do there. Mad Libs after this. But I just want to know like what, what, what's, <laughs> what do you guys say like to each other about what's going on? I'll tell you what I say. You ready? I, I wish for uh, happy holidays, prosperous time, and love, peace, and unity for all mankind except for that motherfucker Donald Trump. Okay. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I seriously, what what happened? I mean, how can this happen? And you don't have to answer that. It's kind of just one of those questions. I think people are just like reeling. I mean, do you guys I think know that there, people I think who that are like a big, he's big, cool? big part of the population that has been under service for a really long time, and they don't care how it happens; they just want a voice. And I can't really fault them for that. I can fault Trump for it because he's just a—he's just playing them. So there is a real situation here in this country where there are a lot, clearly, about exactly half of the country that feel like they have been completely disregarded for eight years. Mm -hmm. Whether that's true or not, it doesn't matter. They do feel that way. And, and they got pandered to in that way of going yeah. like, Hey, this has been wrong. What you've been, you've been getting the, you know, a bad deal for the last eight years. Um, and I'm here to I'm change here to that. Fix that for you. But and, can you guys yeah, explain I, this to me? What part this, what, this is what I don't understand. At what point does like having absolutely no experience, why does that seem like a good thing? I mean, in most <laughs> jobs, it's like, okay, you have experience and you have a passion for something and you like, that's a good thing. That means that. Yeah. But Jenny, matters. here's the difference is like it, when it comes to politics and particularly in the U S I feel like the, it's like, this is one place where, I, you know, I, I can sort of empathize in a weird way is that the generic average politician is the worst human. Like they are trading and horse trading in people's daily lives to their benefit, like on a financial level, they are taking money from dirty motherfuckers. They are basically pawns and puppets for huge corporations so 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 many of them so their experience fuck that fuck their experience i'm not interested in their experience that's why i think obama was such an interesting candidate not that he didn't have experience he was a senator but that that he wasn't an insider he wasn't right. a dc insider and I, I think a lot of people see hillary clinton as a dc insider she clearly is you know and that's not to say that she wouldn't have been a much, 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 much better pick for president. But it is true that the establishment has failed us in so many ways for such a long period of time. And people are not tuned into, like, the new way of doing things. And, man, 
I don't agree that he is the new way of doing things, Trump that is, but I think a lot of people think, well, it's better than what we've been served. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I guess. <laughs> well, once that's what happens. See, like nukes, like mushroom clouds going up. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, they could, I mean, that's un- <laughs> could I know, it's, happen. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not hard. even like a joke. It's scary. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. I think what would be good. I keep trying to keep like keep some sort of hopeful, uh, um, upbeat outlook on it, and I don't know something that seems to be. Like, you know, another quality of like a lot of the politicians who have come and gone out of our lives and and maybe less so in the um, office as president, but certainly so in like the members of Congress and stuff is they're just they're just bland. They're just beige. They're so forgetful that I really think like business as usual was so easy to just continue along. No matter how unjust it's been, it was like business as usual. And it's just like, there's this guy, I don't remember his name. (laughs) they're They're just basically like boring nothings. And now that there's such an insane thing actually happening that most people, and please, if anyone is listening to this in Europe, please hear a lot of Americans do not want this to have happened. We're not all crazy. We didn't want this. But I really think that as a byproduct from it, or what I'm hoping is that people are actually going to wake up and realize like, hey, this can get completely crazy if we're not involved in it. Yeah, we're actually in charge. Yeah, and like it's important that you actually stay involved in it and do something. And not just at a voting level, but like consistently throughout. I mean, that's how the, the, what we're saying is so unjust. The corporations have lobbyists who try daily to get their agenda pushed through. I think they and do like, daily. I don't know that they try. No, no, they're, but I mean, but even when, if they're, 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 they're competing with each other, but they're certainly not right. waiting for years to be like, well, we got it. We elected our official and that's that. I trust that everything will be in our benefit from now on for the next four <laughs> years. No, they're daily in there, you know, working yeah. on it. And I think the pe- the people like the actual main populace is i hope is and w- whichever side of the aisle that you're on really is waking up and realizing that there's like hey there's something to do here you need to actually get involved in this the stakes are high so i i just keep racking my brain i'm i'm like i said even trying to stay pop like uh positive is just uh, racking my brain and going like, how can I actually contribute and not just, uh, by like, uh, re push, you know, sharing super blue bullshit articles on my Facebook page. That's not doing shit. I don't think that's doing anything. That's in fact, maybe it's hurting actually. Yeah. Part of the problem, like actually go out and do some stuff, actually figure out like what can happen and not necessarily even just in terms of resisting, only, but also to go, are there other ideas that you have that you just haven't been putting into action? It's now's the time. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's important. Get things going, change things. Cause it's really going in a scary direction. But so honestly, after talking to you guys for like a little more than an hour, I feel like I want you guys to be our next president. Oh, no, we can't politicians. I mean, I mean, say yes. Pull a Bill Murray and just like, not president, obviously. You guys 
there's something to be said about getting some fresh blood into. Well, look, let's let's start when with they start digging up happens. my backstory. You know, is this like <laughs> you know? Yeah, Bill Clinton was like, well, I didn't inhale. You know, yeah. it's going to be really tough for me to make it past <laughs> city council at the most, really, with what I've got in the past. Give it the old college try, Brian, is all I'm asking you. Now you're giving me one of those like, well, I don't have anyone to take my headshot. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering if maybe there's something more that I can actually get accomplished by just going around the whole thing anyway, you know? I mean, <laughs> well, if you come up with something, uh, seriously, that. That would. I'm gonna try to go shoot. I definitely am gonna. Uh, uh, I'm waiting to hear back whether or not I need to go to New York for like a job presentation. Okay. Right before the inauguration, if that's the case, I will make my way down to DC to film the protest. Is supposedly rallying to try to get a million women in DC on inauguration day, which would be awesome thing to witness. And I want to contribute what the, what I can contribute is from a media perspective yeah. of just shooting my, the, what I shoot would have no spin. I'm going to put it up for free for people to use and reuse in whatever way they want. If I can't make it out to DC, there's a huge demonstration being planned in LA and I'll shoot it here in LA as well. For the but also, inauguration? Uh, what's yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. For the inauguration. Yeah, on the inauguration. Yeah. Yeah. And and even if even if um, even if people can't get out, like this is a great example. I, I joined this um, uh, like political action group that people just created on their own. Like, and it's just this little network of people going like, how can we actually do something? What is there something we can actually do besides like retweeting or yeah. whatever? And uh, somebody there is has said. Uh, clued me into this big movement that's happening, which is a complete international boycott yeah. on the inauguration day. So I'm trying to help spread the word about that, which is just to say, everybody, everybody, if you can, if you are resisting, if you disagree with what's going on here, don't buy anything that day. Don't go to work. Don't go to school. Don't contribute to the economy in any way. Resist. Like, let's make that shockwave felt. And they were saying national. I said, why not make it international? Like, why not? There's a lot of people who are resistant to the idea of this whole administration. And, and, uh, yeah, and, and oh, are, yeah. like, taking it seriously. So, mm -hmm. like, that's one thing that's so simple because I know a lot of people feel like there's nothing I can do. Well, that's one thing you can do. Yeah. You know? That's make a sandwich. Make a sandwich the night before. You're not going to brunch. <laughs> no, no <brunch>. I <laughs> That's what it should be called. Hashtag no brunch. <laughs> Don't buy anything on inauguration day. Don't let's try to least, get a job. Let's just at least make a say something, you know. I think and that's I, a great and, idea. I'm totally on board. I'm gonna like write it into my calendar and just take the day off. I think it's seriously. Let's and and I wonder if you got that many people, even just to take the day off. Yeah. Even not just out of anger. What what are the other ideas that that many people might come up with for ways to improve the planet besides just being like fuck these guys? Yeah. Although that is a prescient, urgent need. <laughs> but if right we now. see that it works, we could also do good. Yeah, for the power of good. Oh well, that's good. Oh, let's yeah, let's leave it on that good note. Wait a minute. We got to do one more thing. There's got to be something else in Trump, here. Trump, come on. We can't leave it on Trump. Two Americans talking about Trump? It's fucking <laughs> lame. <laughs> I mean, can you give us something? Can you give us, like, what, what's going on in your world? What are you about to do today? 
So um, yeah, it's still dark here. Um, I'm mean, yeah, know, like right. it, it. It is literally the solstice today, isn't it? Yeah, the darkest day. Oh, this is the day it turns. Whatever. So how many hours you got? How many hours of daylight are you looking at? Um, or it's not even daylight, right? It's like twilight. The sun grays. Yeah, kind of twilight right. all day. We we have some sun some days, but um, it's it's really it's not good. It's um yeah, like it's maybe four or five hours of twilight and then it gets dark yeah. by two thirty. it's like dark again so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um no today i'm how actually you, wrapping how do you guys up. fight that off like what's your what's your uh, what's your technique a lot of people um i mean we have a, a big problem with like seasonal depression actually but um i sure. think that that'll set in um especially after the holidays now it's still kind of like few days until christmas and you know people are preparing so but um, that is it's a huge problem so people uh, a lot of people leave sweden actually planning trips mm. going away just to have something to like look forward to to go to the sun but um i actually do okay with it i feel i find that having something booked in like in the future, January, February, that kind of trip does it for me. Um, so I do all right with it. But it's okay. uh, we're recording this on the Wednesday before Christmas. So, um, and I don't know when, when it's going to air, but I'm going to wrap things up here at the studio at my like office and then take take the holidays off. So it's basically my last work day. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, which is nice. Well, I mean, we're drinking on your behalf, so so maybe <laughs> if, like, I guess one thing we could ask if anyone's actually still listening at our, uh, na- we're at like ninety minutes maybe now. So if you've made it this far, maybe it's I time to just know. like crack a crack a beer with us. Yeah. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, you still never really put anything in that coffee, but that's all right. You know what? I actually <laughs> we'll have catch something up with you. chilled in the refrigerator. I'm kind of tempted to pull it out. But that would have been cool at the beginning. Now it's just – to start it now would just be kind of – I have to think <laughs> yeah, of my you're, kids you're by yourself. Like, just, yeah. We're, we're, we're going to make up for it in Rome. You'll make up for it in Rome. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I hope to be going myself. And um, Come on now. Now I'm like, yeah, I have to go now. <laughs> We're like best buds, right? Front row seats. <laughs> yeah, you definitely yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Have you guys, you had been to Rome, Brian, as a courier, I believe, earlier. Uh, yeah, once I went, the first time I went to Rome, I went as a courier. Um, I worked <laughs> occasionally, or I really only worked for him twice. Twice I went, I had a job where these people would call me up and they would ask me where I lived because I could never remember. They'd be like, where do you live? I'm like, uh, in LA. They'd be like, yeah, I know where. I'm like, oh, I live in Echo Park. I'm like, yeah, you can make it. Get in the car right now. You want to go to wherever. Um, and sometimes they called me more than it ever worked out because sometimes I'd be like, I'd be like, hang on, let me just find out. I just need like 20 minutes to find out if I can drop everything and go to a different country. Um, and then that the would be too long. The look of surprise on Jenny's face is incredible. Well, right it, um, I, this, it, it was this, crazy. You know, this means like, um, this is the Italian hand gesture for something is suspicious. A little suspicious? Wow. Yeah, it was a little suspicious. Thank you for that. Uh, it, was, uh, yeah. it was a little weird. And then you go down to by LAX and like go into a weird um, – uh, th- there's all these shipping areas around LAX, which are not officially inside the U S they're like in a customs controlled, like weird 
chain link cage building. Um, so I'd like, go there, um, show them all my shit, bags? my passport and all this stuff. And then they'd hand me a bag and they'd be like, this is it. Just take this to a guy. Just don't and, take anything from a stranger right before you're about to get on a flight. Yeah, but they ask, like, do you pack your own bags? What's in it? They <laughs> no, used yeah, to ask. The that. answer was no in that case. It was a bag with a box in it that was sealed. And, and I still yeah, don't like, know what it was? He not, was an international drug smuggler. It's not, that's not true. That's not true. It was a film. The time that I came to Rome, it was a film because um, I found out what it was Looking because they opened it in Germany. It, oh, that, that's what they asked me in security in Germany. I flew through Frankfurt and they go, "Sir, what's in this box?" And I go, "Well, I'm not really sure." And they're like, "Excuse me," <laughs> and I'm like, "Why don't we open?" It? Like, I'm going to have to open this. I go, "Go ahead, man. I don't. I mean, I don't care." Like, what am I going to say? No, I'm not going to, you know, so they open it and I saw it. It was a film print. And that's what it was, is they were sending uh, parts of film prints with multiple couriers to try to fight piracy. But the crazy thing is that was the first time I went to Rome and um, I got there and I was really jet lagged and I was confused. I was also really broke back then. So I was like staying in a hostel and I was like, well, I guess I, I have to go back in the morning, but what should I do? And like, someone's like, the Coliseum looks really good at night. Why don't you go there? So like just wander down to the Coliseum and there's no joke. There's like 50,000 people there. I'm like, whoa, this is a very popular tourist <laughs> destination because I've never been there and I'm an idiot. No, it is. Like, I this was didn't no realize it was Easter and the Pope <laughs> is there giving mass. <laughs> no He's way. Stations of the Cross in Italian for like the entire city of Rome, like it's just like crowded around, and I'm just like, wow, far wait, wait, that's the Pope. Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, I think I'll go get some pasta, and then uh, yeah, and then I went home. And and you don't believe in destiny? Come on. <laughs> that was fate. That was fate. That was a strange, fateful day for sure. Wow, strange that's of awesome. That's like what a great story. Kind of freaky, yeah. but yeah, because what you didn't realize is if they had opened that box and what if they had found like, just like 20 dead ferrets or something. I don't well, know. What like would I said? Secret Same thing. I would have said anything. I just had like some weird piece of paper that was like, I'm a courier. Well, <laughs> it was like one of those they're very, they are like very going. weirded out by you at every turn. Like the, like it, like as I'm trying to leave in customs, they're like, sir, you have no bags. And you've been in Italy for 24 hours. What is your business here? My courier. My business is courier. Here's my weird piece of paper that says I dropped this thing up. I went to Dubai a different time. It was like <laughs> actually like, the only time I've ever had bag. a dude hold a piece of paper up in the airport. It just says like my name on it. And it's a dude in full-blown like gear, Arab gear, you know, like yeah. a full-blown thing. Just holding his name. I'm like, here you go, man. And he's like, thank you. And he just leaves. I'm like, hey, can I get a ride into town? I'm like, no. <laughs> all right and i actually managed to get fairly drunk by myself in dubai and then completely lost because i couldn't read any of the street signs at all because i don't speak or read arabic so that was a big mistake there's no one to help me it was, it was very late at night and it still felt like hair dryer hot. I was by myself, confused and lost, drunk so, in Dubai. That was the first time I ever went to Amsterdam. That was my kind of that was yeah. the feeling. Alcohol, but alcohol induced fuzziness. <laughs> wow, the two of you have some great stories combined. That's for sure. 
<laughs> that's so funny though. <laughs> that one was messed up. That's like the time my. It's a lot of good. Yeah, I wouldn't even go into that. Um, awesome guy. No, 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 no. Ah. It's just so it's such a boring story. Yeah, no, it was it was about weapons. Just like I'm a boring time. <laughs> <laughs> just like the time that nothing really interesting happened. Anyway, I gotta get going. You guys have got a lot of great stories. That reminds me of this super here. boring story. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, it's not worth telling. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to get fired after this. Cole's going to be You're like, fired. What? Yeah, you are fired. <laughs> I'm so fired. Just tell him I was cool, all right? Please. Yeah, yeah. Put it yeah, in they're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't actually think home, they, I, they do. Strong grimace. <laughs> I think they send it to be yeah. edited, and I don't, I don't think Cole and Jakob listen to it. No one else is listening anymore. No. Yes. Well, those three people, those three people that were listening, not us three, but the other three people are starting a new business together now. They're busy like tweeting, like, where are we meeting up? They're, they'll probably meet up in Rome and then they'll You're be meeting at like... They're just our Twitter mentions and then collaborating with each other. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he just mentioned, right? If you really want to read something that has no meaning and is boring, just check out my Twitter feed. It's full of, <laughs> it's full of lots of really great fart jokes. And... Do you want to? Do you want to blow up your spot and shut yourself out on Twitter? Go ahead. <laughs> now that we're going, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. What's your What's your handle? Uh, my handle is dh ridge. Yeah. You can at dh ridge. Uh -huh. Check me out on Twitter. Wait. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna make a commitment right now to try to get. 10 good uh, potty mouth jokes up on there mm -hmm. before uh, this podcast is actually live. Oh, yeah. right. So. Right. 10 new, so something for 10, Christmas. 10 new super childish jokes. <laughs> I had a pretty good Christmas, Christmas tweet a couple years ago, I think. That's a highlight of my Wait, Twitter. We could revive that. Maybe I'll retweet it. I'm pretty sure it said, Santa, you big fat fuck, get down this chimney. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. You, and it was spread it went like wildfire i think the no brunch i, I got one or two i think i got one or two uh hearts on it i think you crushed the twitter <laughs> game how does your dm look my dm what's that uh, what's dm direct messages oh i'm just i'm just wondering if any ladies are sliding the dm right now yeah yeah what's <laughs> <laughs> is that the best are you single brian no, I'm uh, I'm deeply in love with a a short young girl who who <laughs> young girl puts, <laughs> puts up with so much shit for me, and I just can barely understand why. But uh, yeah, I'm in a I'm, I'm not single. I'm in a very serious relationship. I'm not married with kids or anything like that. But I, I'm I'm with somebody who You're in a committed committed uh, relationship. I'm, I'm with I'm with somebody who's better than somebody I deserve, probably. <laughs> so I'll put it. A, a real sweetheart. You're a really so cool. great woman. Oh, that's good. That's good. I didn't know if it was like a tactic to get women. The Twitter thing. Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. It is. That's how I got my girlfriend. Oh, it is? Is that how you met? She is in a, the DM, well, yeah. She was a, a dancer in a music video I directed. So close like, enough. That's cool too. Yeah. Awesome. And how did you meet your wife, Michael? Uh, DJ, right? Yeah, I think I, I think I met her on the dance floor. You think? I I met her through a number of <laughs> friends 
because of the fact that I was a DJ, I guess, if you really want to break it down. Okay. But I, you know, I had been... I, sounds I, shady. <laughs> it does sound shady, right? <laughs> I was trolling her for a while, let's be clear. Okay. And then, yeah, yeah you you literally you met on the I dance just, floor, but it was... I saw an opportunity and I, yeah, like I pounced on it. Awesome. All right, guys, I'm going to sign off. Um, it's the longest podcast ever, but I had a blast. This was so much fun. Uh, thanks. Thanks for doing it with us. <laughs> Let us know when you get this thing edited down to 20 minutes. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> You know, I don't even like listen to these. This is when you cut this thing down to the twelve-minute format. That is, uh, the is that your job? <laughs> Aren't you guys editing? It's gonna be a hilarious twelve minutes. It's gonna be a hilarious twelve-minute-long word salad. It's cool because we've shot we shot a hyperlapse of ourselves here. So when you when you cut it down to twelve minutes, we'll just show that it'll be like a video. Yeah, awesome. Right. I'll ask Cole for like a little sneak peek, like a little um, commercial uh, version. Yeah, That'd be moment. awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Awesome. Have a great night. I guess you guys are going to bed, or are you just going out to the clubs? The club. We're the bed together right now. The bed, <laughs> not the club. So <laughs> next time we'll do the house tour. <laughs> well played. The bed. The bed. I want to do the house tour next time, Brian. You'll have to show me around. We'll do like what's that called? Like cribs or whatever. We'll do that. Yeah. It's like MTV Cribs. I'll at least show you. Yeah, I'll only show you my. All the shades uh, are drawn. My panther. He has a black panther on the mantle. I think yeah. that's what I'm going to ask everyone in the podcast. What's on your mantle? So we have Bill yeah. Murray, um, like f fresco, black panther. What porcelain statue? Mm -hmm. Black porcelain panther. And then is that Remus and that's Romulus? Also, that's also his rap name. In front of it. It's my new rap name. Porcelain Panther. Black Porcelain Panther. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's gonna, I don't it know if black should well. be in there, though. <laughs> porcelain out, Panther. I'm so wide and clear that my rap name starts with black. <laughs> <laughs> well, just Black Panther. I don't know if that's misleading. Maybe just uh, That's a Marvel superhero that's <laughs> currently in the movies right now, so it's not going to go over that good. But Black Porcelain Panther. Is, and then when I... The thing is, when people are just booing me and throwing tomatoes at me, I'm like, no, I have one on my mantle. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay, cool. Now rap for us. You're like, Black literally. Yeah. yeah. That oh doesn't happen God. anyway. That was awesome. All right. We'll, we'll... That part was a lie. That last part was a lie. <laughs> Everything Wait, else in the podcast. If that was a lie, <laughs> what else has been a lie Jenny, today, Brian? Uh, Michael's Michael's gonna go home, but now we're gonna just start the second <laughs> podcast to take this up to hour three. <laughs> and, uh, so everybody this just is where settle it gets in. Real interesting. Hey, both of you guys listening, <laughs> fucking stop watching TV. Look, settle in. This next part, this next hour is gonna be important. Stop, stop editing. <laughs> stop what you're doing. <laughs> We're going to get into the subject is <laughs> deep regrets and <laughs> other painful mom. emotions that only adults have felt. And no, uh, <laughs> that's, that's going to be our three. But first, <laughs> a quick word from our sponsors. A quick word from our marketing sponsors. Which is IHOP. From Web <laughs> Yeah. I'm just going to, I'll be, uh, I'm going to take my laptop in the car. <laughs> 
I'm going to take this down to IHOP. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to hop We're on the headphones. Moons over hi- my hammy. Yeah, I'm going to do a little moons over my hammy for an hour two. And then Black Porcelain Panther is going to get back on the mic for hour three with deep regrets. Benny Hammer and Black Porcelain Panther. Catch up with you after this short commercial break. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my God. I'm, you better register that domain name, Black Porcelain Panther, like right oh, after you get off. This. I got the Twitter. I got the Instagram. You got it. Okay, good. Cause oh, that's going to go. Snapchat. Chill. <laughs> yeah, it, definitely the Black Porcelain Panther DM. We already sliding right we're now. already ready for our apologies <laughs> about how this is vaguely racist and uh, it's yeah. You already have you already have drunk. a written statement. Yeah. We've already got a PR team on that, so <laughs> <laughs> the PR team is already apologizing. <laughs> Luckily, we don't pay them. It's chill. A sign of any good success. The PR team is already apologizing for our presentation in Rome. I'm going to have my lawyer contact you about the uh, – because I just need to approve the 12-minute cut of this before we – and I need that before hour two, which is 18 minutes from now. So if you could please – if you could just have your lawyer send it to my lawyer, me and Michael's lawyer CC'd, BCC'd. Michael's lawyer, BCC. Yeah, I prefer to go BCC. <laughs> which is actually, BCC stands for Michael's rap name, which is Black <laughs> Pause. Chameleon Chandelier. And... BCC. Oh, yeah, I talk, you guys. Seriously? Yeah. All right. Well, hey, it was great to uh, talk to you for a few hours. Talk to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you every day at the same time now. So, Let's and uh, yeah, we've actually officially started our new podcast now, just the three of us. <laughs> yeah, I think we have a good thing going here. <laughs> this is our new podcast. So, talk it. to you tomorrow just morning. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, because we every all day. have like two hours. Just but look, could you drink tomorrow? Yeah, I will. I promise. <laughs> it's, like, it's kind of like it's a little. It's getting a little awkward for us. <laughs> I, do you feel like I needed it? To, like, lose well, I mean, I didn't see you get up and pee three times like we did, you know, and just sort of like. No, I'm wearing a diaper. It's cool. Well, I didn't want to say it. In a way that we. I'm a pro. Know. Oh, yeah, so clearly. Yep. I don't want to, like, leave the, the screen here. All right, before I totally embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> you. You embarrass yourself? I mean, can you I think, actually prefer if we don't cut it off before you totally embarrass yourself? Since I, think, we, I think we've taken most of the heat on pretty that. Pretty much. Uh, I can't of... talk anymore. Um, all right, guys, that's it. I'm booking my flights to Rome right after I hang up. Excellent. There we go. There we go. We've won one person, so please tell Cole and Jakob. That'd be cool. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell them. They won't listen to this, so I'll have to tell them. They're too (laughs) busy. If they're not listening, that probably means that no one is. That's that's for the best, I'd say. If we get the the Black Panther thing going, or Black Porcelain Panther, I mean, delete, Mm -hmm. delete, Black Porcelain Panther. No, I'm calling the Black Panthers right now. It's fine. Then we'll see if anyone's listening or not. We'll have to gauge it somehow. Like, no brunch, Black Porcelain Panther, and we'll see if anyone, like, kind of jumps on. Oh, no, the ad mentions on Black Porcelain Panther are already blowing up on my phone right now. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're just, like, shockwaves being sent. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Bye. All right, bye.